0: This is The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host of the podcast. Join me and listen in as I chat with authors writing on the less gritty side of crime. You won't find graphic sex or violence, you will find intriguing plots, engaging characters, and entertaining writing. Welcome, listeners. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host of the podcast. Joining me today in the cozy corner is Sybil Johnson, author of the Aurora Anderson Mysteries, to chat about her latest, *Ghost of Painting Past. Welcome, Sybil. Thank you for having me. This is your fifth Aurora Anderson Mystery, so tell us a bit about Aurora and what she's up to this time. Okay, um, Rory is a computer programmer,
1: but she's also a decorative painting enthusiast or toll painting. Some people might know it for that. So all of of the books with her in it have uh, some aspect of painting. She also lives in a fictional beach city called Vista Beach in uh, Los Angeles County. And this time around, um, the house across the street from her is being torn down and the skeleton is found. Um, uh, unearthing a decades-old crime, and her father is implicated in the murder because he used to live in the house that she currently lives in. So that's it in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> now you mentioned that Aurora's a toll painting enthusiast. Would you explain what toll painting is? Um, I started
1: toll painting in the '90s, and that's what it was called. It was called toll painting then. Now, t- now the more common term is decorative painting. It's really just painting on decorative items. I mean, it's generally acrylic paint. Um, on I paint mostly on wood, but I've painted on fabric and tin and glass. It has its roots in folk art um, from around the world. And basically, you learn basic brush strokes, and then you buy a pattern and instructions from someone who designs these things. And uh, then you use those Brushstrokes to create the piece, and um, you can make it your own. You can change the colors. You can change the brushstrokes a little bit. So it's a it's a fun thing to do. Uh, now,
0: being a uh, decorative art, is it commonly used to uh, decorate functional items like furniture?
1: Um, yeah, some people do that. I have actually painted a um, a table with a trompe l'oeil kind of thing. Trompe l'oeil is like a 3D kind of thing, so it looks like the um, this one is a pie. A, cherry pie and it sort of looks like there's if you hit it at the right angle it looks like there's something there that isn't and um but mostly i do mostly things like christmas decorations and halloween decorations those are my favorite things to do
0: and christmas decorations certainly play a role in your story which is set at christmas time that's right it's also set in Southern California, which a lot of us in colder climates we <laughs> forget that Christmas happens in sunny places too. So what's Christmas like in a place with no snow?
1: Um, well, we have our own little things that we do, and I've put some of them in the um, in in this particular book. One of the things that a city near me does. Is it have a sand snowman contest? So people create sand men out of snow on the beach, and they also, it's also sand sculptures of any kind. I mean, I've seen mermaids and surfing Santas and stuff like that. Some of them are laying down on the beach, and some of them are vertical, like the typical sandman. And also, here in the city that that I live in, is we have a pure lighting ceremony beginning of every December or so and um, basically they have holiday lights on the pier and they have Christmas trees that line the pier and there's a ceremony where everything gets turned on at sort of the beginning of the Christmas season in town so I put some of those aspects in in the book.
0: Yes and the the sandman building contest does play a big role in the book participated in a sandman building contest? No, I've only gone and
1: looked to see um, what people do and looked at pictures on the internet and stuff like that. i never actually tried it myself. Something tells me I probably wouldn't be very good at it.
0: <laughs> uh, you also mentioned that Rory is a computer programmer, and I believe you have a background in computer programming yourself. Uh, so that's a slightly unusual occupation for an a amateur sleuth mystery protagonist. Uh, do you hope that by f- having a woman in a field that's still largely male-dominated that your books might uh, uh, appeal to uh, young women uh, looking at careers in scientific fields?
1: Yeah, I actually never, when I originally did it, it wasn't for that particular reason. It was because I needed an amateur sleuth who had time to sleuth and could do things on her own. And as a computer programmer, you can work at three o'clock in the morning if you want to. And I have, um, but so she, she could be able to go off during the day and then do her work at night if she needed to. But yeah, no, that's a very good thing. When I started, which was eons ago, cause I have like, I was, a uh, programmer and a software development manager and all those kinds of things for about 20 years and when I started um computer science was just starting to be a degree and there were a hundred people in the um degree at the time that I started at USC and I think there were five of us who were female throughout the four years so it's definitely um and 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 when I was working, I worked mostly with men. There weren't that many women. But yeah, I would. I think it's a great. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was a great thing to do. So. Uh,
0: the the ghost of painting past starts out with a cold case, as you mentioned. What gave you the idea to have a human skull on Earth at a construction site?
1: Uh, well, let's start out by saying that nine and a half years ago started what I call the great construction period on our street. Um, we live on a very short block. It's a very narrow street. And for the last nine and a half years, we have had continuous construction on the block of various houses. Houses get torn down, a new one gets built. You think it's all done. And then another one starts up. And so, you know, this is my way of dealing with all the noise and, and annoyance of having people blocking your driveway and all this, the, the, um, sounds and horrible things that are going on when you're trying to work so i figured what the heck what would happen if if somebody found a um skeleton when they were tearing down one of those houses you know
0: (laughs) it would certainly get the construction to stop
1: (laughs) yes maybe that was that was my thing please please stop what you're doing i'm tired of this
0: Oh and another uh, f- uh theme in your story is is surfing. Um so do you surf? Yeah,
1: no, in fact I actually hate to admit this but I am deathly afraid of the water. I don't even like um going in hot tubs. And I will I will like I you know I've touched a toe in 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 the ocean here. But, um, yeah, I, I, but, but I know people who are, and I can look things up on the internet and I've read a lot of things about surfing. So hopefully I didn't do too bad a job on it. <laughs> is that the
0: surf culture is a very specific culture. Can you take us, tell us a little bit about it?
1: Well, it, yeah, I was actually mostly looking at the surf culture in the 1970s when the cold cases. And, um, so I read a lot about it, um, but there are still things that happen here like we have there's a paddle out ceremony um in the book and that's still you still occasionally see it here where if someone who dies who was a surfer this is sort of a memorial service where people surf out um past the waves so they don't get pulled into the ocean and then they they stand they're in a a circle and they share stories about the person and they throw flowers into the water and memory of them so I put one of those in
0: are you a surf music fan
1: I do like some surfing music yes I mean I grew up in the
0: 60s so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, your pr- protagonist, Ror- Rory, uh, dates the lead investigator in the homicide investigation, and her father is actually a lead suspect. So how did you approach the ethical dilemma of a police detective investigating his girlfriend's father?
1: Yeah, that was um, that was interesting and hard. I tried to look at it from his point of view of he wants to be fair. On the other hand, he wants to do his job correctly. So, um, and he's a very... I think a kind man, so but he basically has to tell her that if the evidence shows that her father was the one who did it, he's going to have to arrest him and um and there isn't that much that he can say about it now, the other part of it is that he probably should have been taken off the case, but I had everybody um in the in a lot of the police down with um uh, flu and so he was the only detective around who could deal with it but but he has his um boss chief of police and, and the chief is looking at it really closely and basically saying if you don't do what i think you're supposed to be doing then i will take you off the case uh,
0: and it's it's interesting that the the flu has taken out a lot of the uh, police force and we're uh, recording this interview uh not long after the uh, coronavirus yeah. <laughs> it's having an, an impact on on lots of things including the workforce
1: yeah really
0: so what are you working on next
1: um i'm working on right now a valentine's day story with rory um so it said in February, and contract contrary to popular belief, it actually does rain here, and February is one of the months that it tends to rain, and so it's a little bit more dreary and rainy, um, um, and I'm having fun with all of the things that you can do around Valentine's Day, because there's, have you heard of love locks?
0: Oh, are those like the uh, uh, padlocks that people write messages on, or they're uh, the names of couples, and Hang them in various places, like on fences and things.
1: Is that what yeah, that? yeah, that is exactly it. So I have some of those uh, coming up on the um, on the pier. So that's been kind of a fun thing. And Rory's um, best friend, Liz, is really into um, lock picking. So there are these lock picking societies that will just pick locks for fun. And so that it becomes like an aspect of it, which it was really a great fun to, to look into and to um, put in there. And also when I was at BoucherCon, I took a lock picking class. And man, I was really super bad at it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, I, I had not heard of lock picking societies So people really go around picking locks just to see if they can do it
1: yeah well there's there's a real ethical thing going on here is that they will never they can't pick a lock if they don't own it um, like locks that are on public property um, those are considered to be abandoned locks, so they can pick those as long as whoever owns the property that they're on says that they can so there's a whole ethical thing going on, but they have like lock picking contests and all kinds of things like that
0: and without giving too much away how do you handle uh sort of juxtaposing uh, a murder with a story set in the season of love murder is not very romantic
1: well i'm still developing this story so um honestly my mind just went totally blank
0: (laughs) (laughs) not to put you on the spot or anything
1: no, it's just, it happens like that. It's like I concentrate. It's really funny is that my husband will say to me, oh, you know, blah, 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 some name of, of someone would, you know, would do this or whatever. And I go, who are you talking about? We don't know anybody by that name because it was in your book. You know, it's going <laughs> like, but as soon as I finish one book, I completely purged anything to do with it out of my brain when I'm starting the next one and apparently now since I've been looking reminding myself of what's in Ghost of Painting Past I have completely purged everything about the <laughs> Valentine's Day one
0: from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Ghost of Painting Past uh, published this November past so where can readers buy a copy of it?
1: Um, go to Amazon. It's there. Um, It's also all of my uh, books are available in Kindle Unlimited right now as ebooks, but it's also available on um, paperback and there are hardbacks. Also, if you go to my website, you can find all of the places that um, you can find them because I usually have links to every place that I found that actually carries my books.
0: Is it also available
1: on audio? Uh, the first three books are. Um, are and, and then you can go to Tantor Audio. Tantor, I think. Tantor Audio has it, but also go to Amazon and you can find it. It's available both on CD-ROM or um, um, CD-ROM, yeah. That's because I'm really old. Okay. Um, CDs or um, it's also available on MP3. Okay.
0: Um, how about on Audible? Yes, it is. It's there also. I completely forgot about that. Thank you. And uh, you mentioned your website. What's your web address?
1: Authorsybiljohnson.com. It's S-Y-B-I-L. And I'm on Facebook at Sybil Johnson Author. Twitter is Sybil Johnson 19. Yeah, I wasn't very creative about the one I picked up on there. (laughs) And um, I'm also on BookBub. You can search for me. Um, and also I blog every other Wednesday on type M for murder. There are about 10 of us. So, um, And
0: will you be at any of the upcoming conferences like left coast crime or malice domestic? I won't be at left coast, but I will be at malice.
1: And I also should be signing at the sisters in crime booth at the Los Angeles times festival books on campus at, USC, my alma alma mater. I'm waiting for the signing time um, on that. So um, that'll be on my website where you can find all of the um, events. I usually update them. Great.
0: Well, thank you for joining me in the cozy corner today, Sybil. I enjoyed chatting with you about the ghost of painting past. Well, thank you. I, I had fun. And I'm your host of the podcast, Alexia Gordon. My guest today was Sybil Johnson, author of the Aurora Anderson Mysteries. Her latest is Ghost of Painting Past. Thank you, listeners. Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for another chat with an author writing on the less gritty side of crime. A new episode is out every other Wednesday. Subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star rating and review. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at podcast underscore cozy and on Facebook at the Cozy Corner Podcast. This has been your host, Alexia Gordon. Thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye we